Hello, this is Yara Stark, and welcome to another Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. And today I have an, a fellow Australian on the line. Uh, his name is Ian McConnell. He's coming all the way from, uh, it was Burberry. Burberry, am I saying that right? Bunbury. Bun- Bunbury, yep. gosh. I'm, I'm, I have to admit, I've never been to Western Australia, so I'm not too good with the, the geography on that side of Australia. <laughs> so, Ian, thank you for joining me. Hi, Yara. It's an uh, absolute pleasure to be here. I'm you sound honored. like slightly like a Kiwi, Ian. Is... Uh, it's Zimbabwe, yeah. Zim- sorry. I, I, um, <laughs> I was born and raised in, in Bulawa, Zimbabwe, and um, moved out here in 98. So I guess there's a mix of Australian and uh, Zimbabwe, which is, yeah, quite often get told you sound like a Kiwi. But, um, yeah, that's no problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, my my business partner and friend Gideon, who's got the, yeah. the South African slash Kiwi slash Australia thing going. Yeah, so. yeah, that's exactly right. I often laugh when I listen to his videos because um, I can hear it coming through. There's you know tendency to go South African a few words and then yeah. back to us, you know. But it's all fun. <laughs> well, um, so today we've we've got Ian on the call to to tell uh, a fantastic story. I hope, which will be about your success with. A niche website, which are always really popular stories on my podcast. I think people really identify with a person setting up one successful site, and in particular when it's in a sort of a you know a passion niche. So let's talk about that. But of course, I want to go into your background a little bit first, just to set the scene. Um, the the niche site in particular, it's basically was I guess a full time income source. I've got the numbers in front of me when that you sent through to me, Ian. Am I I'm okay to say those publicly? Yeah, yeah, go uh, for it. So uh in his first year with this niche site he made eighty two thousand dollars. The second year it was ninety thousand dollars and then uh you sold it for hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So uh there's a little teaser. We'll dive into what site that is in a moment. But first Ian, can you tell me uh well we know where you're from now. You're born and raised in Zimbabwe. Uh, can you maybe uh, tell us a little bit going forward? Did you go to university, have a normal job? No, basically straight out of school, into an apprenticeship um, as an electrician. And um, that was obviously still in Zimbabwe. And uh, over there, you know, if you don't create your own job, you basically don't have a job. So, uh, and it had to be quite diverse because sometimes there wouldn't be any work in electrical work, so we would um, build automatic gates or do electric fencing just to supplement our income. So eventually what I did is I, I built up a business uh, with 40 employees and um, sold that to move over to Australia. The reason was we had kids that were two, uh, four and two years old, we just wanted a better life for them, so came over and actually settled in Alice Springs. Um, was the only place I could get a job as an electrician, and um, worked in Alice Springs for two years, and then moved from Alice Springs to Bunbury um, in 2000. Worked for an electrical contractor here in Bunbury, and just realised that um, you know if I was going to stay as an electrician, I was sort of limiting myself and. Um, you know, having owned the business, I had learned a lot of marketing in the, in the um, you know, to operate that business and to get more business in. So I just started on online and just dabbled in a few websites, you know, trying to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Started with eBay and um, actually got involved with a company um, that would give you a, a fully built website. Uh, actually, you get two every single month, and uh, they were in different niches. And after 
trying to operate with that for quite a few months, realized that if I didn't focus on one, I wasn't going to get anywhere. Okay, well, before you tell us more about the websites, I, I am curious regarding the move from Zimbabwe to Australia and, and even starting off as an electrician. You said you had to like basically find your own work. You, you, there's no jobs going in Zimbabwe at all? Is, is that it? Everyone's an entrepreneur? Um, basically, if, if as a tradesman, because of the large amount of local labor, um, and obviously the rules are quite different over there, you could hire somebody off the street to go and rough in the cables in the houses and the buildings, things like that, and you would be paying them, you know, ten or fifteen dollars an hour compared to the electrician that was up eighty or ninety dollars an hour. So, um, you know, you you would never get those jobs. So, what what and and the sort of target market was very limited. Um, we we only had about 30,000 people that we could work for in, in that particular area that we lived in. So, you know, you either settled for the sort of lower income or you went out on your own, became the boss, and then hired these guys to actually work for you. And then because there was just so much labor available, you got a fair amount of leverage. Um, but what happened was we ran out of electrical work, so we actually moved into, because of the security situation in Zimbabwe, we actually started manufacturing and installing automatic gates. And I actually set up a, um, a factory that used to manufacture these gates. And then we'd go out and install them with the lights and all the automation and all that sort of stuff. So you pretty much became an entrepreneur because there's no other way to become successful in Zimbabwe in terms yeah. of, you know financial security yeah that's exactly right so it sort of forced you into that area you had it forced you to become a leader it forced you to do marketing because you know when you're selling automatic gates at that stage they were around the thirty thousand dollar mark um you were very limited uh to who you could sell this to and um you know so you had to be pretty good so what i did is i went out and i found a company that, that used to do a lot of marketing and and basically hired them and said, right, come and you know help us sell these gates. And then I learned from them how to how to market them. And then I actually went away on my own and and made it even better. Wow! So you really got the sort of entrepreneurial experience in the real world, not the online world first, which yeah. would have. Well, you tell me, was it helpful going forward when it came to online business? Well, it was. It was absolutely um, incredibly helpful. I, I never realized at the time, but, um, you know, it, when we actually moved across to Western Australia, I met up with Mel Emery, um, and, you know, he always used to say to me when, when, I, when he was coaching me that, you know, even though your business is in selling automatic gates or whether it be, you know, selling cars or, or fridges or whatever, you're actually a marketer of whatever you're selling. So, you know, you have to be really, really good at marketing. So when I started online, I actually felt, found that it was quite easy because I understood the psychology. Um, I understood that when somebody wanted an automatic gate, there was a certain process that I had to go through to get them there because there were so many decisions that needed to be made, you know, what color, what style, whether they wanted a slider or a leaf open. There was a lot to, um, to whittle it down to exactly what they wanted. And if I just left the options up to them, 
they would never make a decision. You know, they'd never come back and say, that's exactly what I want. So I had a way of, and I, it was a sales funnel. You know, I used to guide them through the sales funnel until out, you know, after speaking to them for about an hour, I knew exactly what they wanted. I would then get the check, the deposit, because we were asking for 50% upfront, and then off I'd go and manufacture. So when I came online, you know, I understood that, and it was just so much easier. And all I had to do was learn how to create the squeeze page, create the, um, you know, the website, and just get it all in place. Okay, so you said you landed in Alice Springs. Now, I'm assuming you left Zimbabwe, like you said, for a better life for your kids. Um, yeah. Just for anyone who's listening, what's what's so? Uh, I don't know. I, I've had actually personal experience from growing up here. A couple of my closest friends, their father, uh, often went to Zimbabwe, and it sounded like it just got more and more dangerous to keep going back there. Is yeah. that just pretty much it? Usual life safety to violence. That yeah. Yeah, you know, our whole business revolved around security and, and we did exceptionally well because the security was just getting worse and worse. So we were, you know, erecting electric fences and automatic gates um, around people's properties. And how we got the leads was actually um, from opening the newspaper every day and saying, oh, okay, so-and-so just got broken into, um, there was a violent attack here and then we would go and mail drop in that area. Um, and it just it was just a horrible way to do business because we were relying on that violence and that lack of security to get more business. Um, and I guess, you know, we were protecting these people, but I get, I got to see firsthand what was actually happening. And there was a lot of stuff, um, that wasn't being reported and just decided, no, I didn't want to be there anymore. And, you know, when you've got young kids, um, the Zimbabwe dollar was absolutely worthless. Um, anywhere else in the world. And although we had beautiful places like Victoria Falls and Lake Kariba and um, all those wonderful places, um, you were always, you know, in, in fear of, of going there. You know, would your wallet get stolen? You know, would you get mugged? Um, you know, all these sort of things. And we just looked at our kids and said, no, we've got to get out of here. And best thing we could have ever done. So even, I'm guessing because the... Zimbabwe dollar was so weak, having a business with 40 employees did not make you extremely rich on global no. standards, so just enough to get out of the country. Well, not even that. We sold the business for $3 million, um, and by then what happened is I'd actually sold out to a, a, a large security firm that had um, guards that would man all the shop fronts and that sort of thing. We, I sold out to them, and then I stayed on as a manager and director and managed the place. Um, we sold it then for three million, and that three million was at that time, and that's what 14, 15 years ago, was worth about three hundred thousand in Aussie dollar terms. Um, so yeah, basically came out with nothing. It was a case of you know pack a suitcase and just come over here on a certain visa, try and get sponsorship, which I did. Um, and that was part of the reason why I ended up in Alice Springs was because nobody would hire me in, because uh, I actually wanted to settle initially in Brisbane. Um, right on. But, yeah. <laughs> and, and, the, um, and the government there wouldn't, wouldn't allow me to resit the trade test. So I came to Western Australia. They would allow me to sit it. 
Um, and then I couldn't get a job anywhere. So the only job I could get was in Alice Springs where, um, you know, they were prepared to go through the whole sponsorship deal and get me in the country, which is fantastic. And that was a, as an electrician? Yeah, it was as an electrician. Um, and that's a whole story on its own because, you know, I'd been a managing director and, and in management positions for, you know, the last 10 years or ever since I'd left school, basically. And, um, you know, locally when people see that uh, and you're applying for a local electrical job, you know, they won't give it to you because you just don't have the hands-on experience. So it was a case of, oh, okay, we've got to whittle down this resume down to where it just says I was an electrician um, and just hope you get a job. But they picked up within three months, they realized I wasn't an electrician, I was actually a management and they promote, they had a, a vacancy luckily and they promoted me into that position. So I was an operations manager within three months of getting to Alice Springs and then just progressed from there. Okay, so let's let's take us back then, You well, or take us forward in this case, Alice Springs, then you moved to uh, Western okay. Australia. Yeah. Uh, when did the internet come a part of this for you? Maybe you can date us. Like, what year are we in when, when you moved to Western Australia? All right. So, um, 2000, we moved across to um, Western Australia. And um, I actually didn't start on the internet until uh, 2006 in May. Um, in fact, I actually had to go to the Warrior Forum and, and look at my profile there. Um, so when, when I moved, when we moved across to Alice Springs, I was working for a local electrical contractor, um, as a supervisor, realized, you know, I just had this hankering. I just wanted to get back to having my own business. And what happened was, um, I was approached by LG, um, LG have a series of telephone systems and, uh, they needed someone locally to manage this dealership for them and actually go out to uh, commercial uh, businesses and install these telephone systems. So I actually took on that dealership and that's when I broke out onto my own, opened up a brick and mortar type business and started installing telephone systems locally. And that I did until um, 2006. And it was actually when I was installing these telephone systems, um, I'd, I'd been studying Dan Kennedy um, and how we sold the telephone systems was using direct mail letters and, and mailing out to all these businesses on a monthly basis. And that's how we got all our leads. So I was looking for a way of how to do this better and trying to go more like operate in a bigger area because we're in Bunbury, which is sort of between Margaret River and Mandra and Perth. So there was a much bigger area we could cover, but it was too cumbersome to do the direct mail. It was just too slow. So I went online looking and saying, well, hey, you know, how could I cover a bigger area? And obviously the easiest way is to put a free report up on the internet and say, you know, um, it was a seven, seven ways to choose the best telephone system um, for your business. And that's what I did, just set up a real basic HTML page with a, um, uh, with a squeeze and just said, you know, if you want this, put in your email and your name. And then we would just follow up with email after that and say, okay, you know, this is what we got available. I see you've made the inquiry. You know, would you like someone to come out and have a chat to you? Well, that's a fantastic way to get introduced to the world of, uh, I guess, online direct response marketing. Yeah. So how did that lead to, I love the fact that you went from selling something based on fear in, in security guard or security fencing in Zimbabwe to 
the story you're about to lead into, which is very soft and fluffy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Much it's, nicer. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe so we can put everyone out of their misery and, and tell them what this actual niche is. Uh, tell us how that squeeze page for you know the electrical business led to a telephone business, or led to your own internet business and, and a, a niche website. Yeah, well, what happened was I had this, this um, which wasn't converting really well, but it, because these telephone systems were, you know, 10,000 upwards, uh, we didn't need too many leads to make a substantial amount of money. But what happened was, is I had employees because I had to, you know, we had to have vans that were fully stocked to be able to go out and install these things. And I, the overheads were just killing us. In fact, we weren't making any money. So I was looking for other opportunities and, and, you know, while I was trying to make these HTML pages that were really cumbersome, you know, with Dreamweaver, um, actually uh, came across um, Daryl and Andrew Grant um, because they were part of the Mel Emery setup. So I went over to Canberra, I was part of the same group. And they they just um, they came up. There was there was about forty or fifty of us, and they told the story how they had actually sold the uh, infertility um, ebook, and they just made uh, two hundred fifty thousand in the year. So my ears picked up, and wow, this is just fantastic. And I already had this knowledge of how to make this stuff, and then I got introduced to WordPress, and which was just so much easier. And um, and then I was looking at different niches, and uh, and when I was about eleven or twelve, um, my my parents gave me a model train set for um, for Christmas. And when we moved to Australia, we could bring nothing. We couldn't bring furniture. We couldn't bring anything, you know, because we basically just packed our suitcases and left. But we had friends uh, when I moved when we moved away from Alice Springs. They came across from Zimbabwe and took over the position and held there. And they were bringing a container, and the only thing I could bring across was this model train set. And it was just, I, I thought, you know, I was looking at the niche, and I went and Googled model trains and tried to get information, and couldn't find any information. Um, so I thought, oh, hang on, well, let's set up a, a website on model trains. And, um, and then what happened is we had a Perth model train show that came up in Perth. So I said to the kids, let's, let's go down there and let's have a look. You know, we'll take some photos. We can use the photos on the website. And obviously went in there in the, in the sort of marketer mindset. And I kept on going to these stalls and I kept on hearing these people, you know, these dads and moms and kids saying, well, how do we get started? You know, you've got HO scale, then you've got N scale, and all these O scales, and different, how do you know which one you start? And I'd listen to what person, you know, but obviously, you know, they they very well experienced model railroaders, and they were talking in a language that these people didn't understand. You know, they were talking about DCC controls and, and all the stuff I could see just from the looks on their faces that it was going straight over their, over their head. And I thought, wow, here's an idea. So we went, you know, we go to the next stall and, and the next one. I got a really good idea of, you know, how I would put this product together, this ebook about how to start with model trains and put it up on the internet and sell it. And that's basically how it started. Well, Take us through this process. So I'm assuming it's a WordPress blog. Yeah. And you're writing all the content yourself? 
Yeah, yeah. Um, basically, being an electrician, I obviously understood all the controls um, and the computer controls. And because I'd sold telephone systems, which are all computer controlled, um, I, could, I could understand exactly the difference between a standard direct control where you put power onto the track and the train goes around at a certain speed. But if you put a second train on there, it's going to go at the same speed. So I, I knew all that stuff. And what I did is I just started writing information on this uh, blog about um, you know how to how to decide which scale how to decide which control you know should you go and buy a model train set etc etc and what happened was I started get getting ranked in the search engines and people were coming back with comments and saying okay I understand this part but I don't understand this part so what I did just then to, just to stop you there for a second Ian um... You didn't have any guides on how to do blogging. You just no. You just put up a website and knew about this topic and started putting out I, content, right? So let's give people the URL of this site so they can look at it while they're while you're telling the story. Yes, yeah. modeltrainsforbeginners.com. Modeltrainsforbeginners.com. Yeah. Okay, so keep going. So people started asking you questions. Yeah, so people started asking, and, and um, I learned how to set up the WordPress blog just by um, what Daryl and Andrew had said at this, um, at this at the conference. It wasn't a conference, it was a coaching group, and I'd obviously talking to the other people around in that group, we learned how to do that. So that, that was the easy part. Um, and then I just put content on the blog, I, and then I got people coming to the blog and asking these questions. And... Um, and then what I was doing is I was taking I was taking these questions and I was just making a note of all the different questions and that's how you know I would write the next content was basically based on these questions and I was um, and then what I do is if somebody asked about a certain scale I would go off to YouTube and I'd pluck out the best video that I could find you know I'd watch the video and then I'd add you know my own uh, you know, take on it and, um, you know, just come up with a fairly decent blog post. And then what I did is I started saying to these people, like, hey, can you send me photos of your model train set? I'd like to know, um, you know, how, how, you know, what stage it's at. And, and then I've got a whole heap of people giving me, like, before photos and after photos. So that just provided more and more and more content. And then what I... Um, are you doing I, this part time though, Ian? Is yeah, it, yeah. This is like after work because you're still running that yeah. telephone yeah. installation service. Yeah, right? I'm, yeah. S- I'm still running the telephone installation, um, and I'm doing this part time. It was really just after after hours on the weekend, um, and then what actually happened is um, I still remember Mel Embry saying to me that I was in a Morris Minor of a business and not a sports car. And he said, you've got to get rid of that, um, that telephone business because it's, it's just killing you. It's not making any money. Um, so I actually sold it for $50,000, which just paid off the overdraft and got rid of the, um, the problem. Um, and then I actually went back to electrical contracting and worked for myself. Um, and I, I actually had a beautiful contract uh, with a billionaire um, up in Mandra. And I was—I just had to work one day, and I was—I was making a thousand dollars a day as an electrician, and that covered all my expenses for the week. So then I had the rest of the week to devote to this website. 
Um, nice. <laughs> yeah, it was. I wish absolute... you could teach us how to replicate that situation, Ian. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was just absolutely marvelous. And I re- remember distinctly going and during the lunch breaks telling these people about this model train site I had, and they were all laughing. You know, that's ridiculous. And um, it was in 2009, in November 2009, I walked into them and said, I can't come here anymore because I'm making more money on my model train site than what I am here. And they were absolutely shocked. This is the one, <laughs> one day a, a week job. Yeah. <laughs> so you started making enough in the model train center that you actually needed to quit a $1,000 a day job. Yeah. That's wow, great. okay. I think you skipped a few steps here. Yeah, though. I so did. I did. <laughs> how did you make money from the site? Okay, so what I did is I had this blog up there. Um, I had been through Ed Dell's 30-day challenge, and he had taught that what you do is you go and get an affiliate um, ebook or product um, out of Amazon or ClickBank and you stick it up in the top right of your WordPress and you see what sort of response you, you get. So I grabbed uh, competitors. There was only one competitor on ClickBank and I stuck his, um, his book up, his uh, e-cover up in the top right of the um, blog and just put an affiliate link and it started selling. It was selling you know, three or four of them every single day but the trouble was I would sell three and I'd get two refunds because it was such bad quality. But it, it showed me that there was potential there. So what I did is I sat down. Um, took me about, it took me about 10 or 11 days, and I actually wrote my own ebook. Just, you know, started with a, a table of contents and just, you know, wrote down different chapter, uh, different headings. Um, you know, just going through the, you know, what, what would the people need to know about scale, about track, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So an intro and I, to model yeah. training. Right. Yeah. And it was, it was, when I finished, it was only 97 pages. I hated writing. It was terrible. It just, it was, it felt like pulling teeth. It was just really, really tough because obviously probably, you know, not in my sort of forte. But anyway, I got it done. And I replaced the affiliate um, book with my own book. And, um, yeah, again, and we started selling three, four a day, but we weren't getting the refunds. Um, so just to clarify this, did you write the sales page? Did you fill this yeah. book up with pictures? How much yeah. did you charge for it? I charged $27. Um, because that's what the competitor was charging. Okay. I, I bought all the images um, because with a model trainee book, you know, obviously you need a few pictures and images and things to, you know, show them what you're what you're um, talking about. So I just went to iStock Photo and places like that, bought the images. Um, we also had our own photos from when we went to the model train shows and taking our own photos, and we just created this 97-page ebook. And I'd learned. Um, well, at that time, I was also following John Thornhill, who was um, putting up his sales pages. And um, I forget which product he had, but he was selling one product. And I basically took, looked at the copy on his sales page and just got a, a notebook and just wrote out his copy in this notebook. But it, when he was talking about his own product, I would replace it with my model trains for beginners product. And that's and then I just took that and then typed it in and created my own sales page, and that's that's how I created my own sales page. Wow! And it's you know um, 
I think it started as a standard HTML because I hadn't quite worked out how to get a sales page into WordPress and I didn't want the sidebars and I hadn't worked out at that stage how to get rid of the sidebars. So I created the standalone HTML page and then that would go and then obviously the product was, was uh, in ClickBank and um, so they go off to ClickBank Pay and then come back to my download page which was just the standard HTML page and get the download. Uh, and then you're rich. <laughs> no, not quite. Um, so it started selling, but then my experience had had told me um, that I needed to grow the transaction value because it's no good getting one person to come along and pay $27 and, um, you know, you don't see them again. So then I thought, well, how can I get them to spend more than $27? So... What I did then is um, I looked around at, at uh, membership sites because I figured, well, hang on, you know, I had 12 or 13 different um, areas inside the ebook that could be scaled out because when you're talking about scenery, you know, there's the trees and the grass and the rocks and just huge amount of stuff you could scale out on this on this ebook. So I figured, well, hang on, instead of just selling the one-off book for $27. I'll get them into a membership site, charge them $27 per month, but you know, then the first month they'd get access to the, the sort of intro and where do you start, and next month would be you know, the track and the, and the bench, the actual model railroad bench, and next month would be something else, um, you know, the scenery or, or the landscaping or whatever. So then I looked at the, uh, I eventually went with the wishlist product, um, and uh, and uh, and that's what the product is now. It's basically you come in there, you, you still get the ebook, but that's your first payment. You get the first month free um, for the membership. And then uh, if you want to stay, obviously you keep paying $27 a month until you feel you've got enough information and then you cancel. And that's the product now. We grew it from $27 per transaction to over $100 per transaction. Um, over a period of 3.4 months um, because that's the, the, the usual stay. So when did you feel that this was enough to actually quit the one-day-a-week job that you had going at the time? Like, was there a certain amount of money you needed or did you, what, your wife tell you when this was okay? <laughs> no, no, my wife was very, very nervous about me quitting. Um, the, when I started selling five e-books um, per day is when I quit which was nowhere near what I was what I was earning, but I realised that there was so much potential in this that I could take it, you know, easily to a, a eighty or ninety thousand dollar a year income, and um, you know I, I just needed to focus on that. And so what I did is I actually quit the job, and then I hired a, a coach um, through the Laurel uh, Langmai Group. Um, John Robinson, who had, who was um, into bird watching and had written his own bird watching book and had sold hundreds of thousands of copies. Um, so I actually hired him as a coach, and he he helped me um, to get over those um, those humps, I guess, and get quickly up to the um, eighty thousand dollar a year mark. What what were the humps? They were, um, it was fear. I had, I had a lot of fear for some reason. Um, and I was allowing people, when I used to go and talk uh, socially about this model trains and, you know, how I'd 
developed this ebook and all that, there was, um, I, I felt like people were, uh, I just felt like I couldn't succeed with this. It just didn't feel real. So I had, I had instilled in myself these these um, these barriers, and I was starting to procrastinate. I was, um, you know, I wasn't getting things done as quickly as before, because when I was working, I would come home and I only had an hour or so to get things done, and I just get into it, I'd focus, and I'd get it done. But what happened is when I quit work and I had all this time, I found I was procrastinating really, really badly, and I'd gone backwards in my motivation. So John actually just, you know, he was just holding me accountable. He was saying, you know, last week you told me you were going to get this and this and this done. You now haven't got that done. You know, what's going on? You've got Now you've got to get that done as well as the next week's, you know, bunch of stuff. That's well, well if, you, if you weren't working, especially because, I mean, I'm surprised you quit a job that only took one day a week of your time to begin with. <laughs> but I can understand maybe the need to feel like, okay, I am now fully into my online business. There's nothing else that I, I want to focus my mind on or my energy on. So that, that I can understand. But how were you procrastinating? Like, what were you doing? Watching TV? Like, <laughs> no, no, what I did is I made a, a silly mistake. I, um, I won't mention who it was with, but I subscribed um, to this to this uh, company that was providing two different niche sites every single month. And, and what was happening was, um, they, you know, in January, they would give you a koi fish site and a, and a, and a you know, raising finch site. And the next month, they would give you a, um, a leopard gecko site as well as a bad breath site. And the whole idea, I subscribed to the fact that if I had 50 or 60 different sites, each making, you know, uh, one or two sales every single day, you know, I would have an income of $250,000, $300,000 um, a year. So I was spreading myself across all these different sites. And I knew that if I got two sites this month, I had to get them up and operational before the end of the month because mm -hmm. then I'd get another two. And I didn't, I, I guess that's just the way I, I operate. I, I, was, I was in this constant getting them up and getting them working, but I wasn't promoting any of them. And I was just very fortunate that the model train site was just organic. You know, it was just making sales and, and the affiliates were coming in and they were starting to make sales. So, um, I mean, you did, and it's not necessarily a mistake. I mean, there are people out there who, who build niche websites and then move on making a couple of hundred. But I, I guess the, the mistake in your case was you had a site that was doing well, which had a lot of potential to do a lot better. So you could have gone deeper, which you did eventually, in yeah. one niche rather than expanding into different verticals. So um, yeah. and that's, a, that's a really good lesson. I think a lot of people uh, have troubles even deciding when is the right time to focus more on something that's working or try and go and do lots and lots of things in different areas. I know from my experience, it's kind of hard to get one thing to work. So when you do find it working, it's, it's almost always better to, to go deep or build an authority site, which yeah. sounds like that's what happened with you. Yes, that's exactly right. And, but, you know, I was procrastinating because I was coming in in the morning and saying, okay, do I work on site one, site 10 or site 20? And, you know, that's just where it didn't work for me. And, and when John came in, he said, choose one. Okay, the model train site is showing signs that it, it can do exceptionally well. Let's focus on that. When we've got it ramped up and doing really well, that's when we'll move to the second one.
Right, and it, it's hard to, I guess, control more variables as well, isn't it, compared to one site? So yeah. it's not surprising that you had that procrastination problem. It, it's just it's too much to think about. That's so right. You, you brought everything back eventually uh, to just the one site, and did you just get rid of the other sites? Did you sell them? or? I've still got them. I've still <laughs> okay. got over, yeah, over 70 sites just waiting there, and they're all developed, and they're out there, and, and with the uh, recent Google updates, they eventually went back and put AdSense across all of them, but with the recent updates, they're all nowhere to be found. So, you know, at some stage, probably sell them on Flipper or something. Um, I actually did sell the Koi site. Uh, I was very fortunate. I listed on Flipper and got $1,000 for it, which was quite amazing because it, it wasn't generating any income. But um, Well, tell us more about this site, though, the train site, because obviously you, you sold that for 150000 So maybe yeah. you can tell us uh, what happened going forward. Like, I'm assuming it's still a one-man show, right? It's just you yes. writing the content. Are you still updating this, the blog every day? day every week no what happened was um once i built out the membership component um i then focused on all the affiliates because I, I looked at the traffic and i noticed that i had all my um, goals set up in analytics and i realized that the affiliate traffic was the one that was convert- converting the best whereas the organic traffic was you know less than a one percent conversion my affiliates were converting at 20 or 30 percent where do they so come what, from the uh, clickbank was coming from ClickBank because okay. as the gravity was rising in ClickBank, um, I was getting picked up by other affiliates and then they were promoting the product and I was paying a 70% commission. So it was quite lucrative and be- being a membership, you know, they were, I think, uh, yes, when I want to have a look at ClickBank, the average dollar per sale for affiliates is $108 um, per sale. So, you know, it's, when you do the ClickBank uh, sort, it's obviously going to be quite a tempting one to promote as an affiliate. So that's what was happening is they were coming in, they were promoting it, and they were making more sales than what I was. Mm. So what I did is I built an affiliate blog, and I actually started focusing just on the affiliates' traffic and um, and started coaching these affiliates. As, as they were coming in, um, I would make them go through a squeeze so they would register you know so I had a list of all these affiliates and we built that up to over 500 of them and um, and I was just blogging about you know how to sell this product better um, actually if you go to modeltrainsforbeginners.com down at the bottom there's an affiliate link and it'll actually show you how that actual um, affiliate blog is set up and so at um, this point that is to clarify and you're not writing any content for the actual visitors of the blog. So it's almost like you you realized you actually had an ebook business more so than a blog yes. <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yeah, I completely stopped writing content. I I stopped uh, uh, everything. All I did was I focused on affiliates as a traffic source. Gotcha. So I'm looking at the page right now. So modeltrainsforbeginners.com forward slash affiliate. And you've got an opt-in form and, and a little squeeze page. So, yeah. And I'm guessing you... Did you do anything more to promote this page to get more affiliates? No, because it was all organic via ClickBank. Um, you know, as as uh, as the affiliates were promoting more, the, the ClickBank gravity was going up, and I was encouraging more and more affiliates to find it on ClickBank. Would cr- come across to my affiliate opt-in page, 
because what I did is in the ClickBank description, I put the affiliate link in there. So they were finding it all the time, coming across to the affiliate opt-in. They were opting in and then I was communicating with them via autoresponder. There was a um, weekly message that would go out and say, hey, it's Ian McConnell. You know, uh, um, how can I help you? You know, I'm offering free coaching. I, I need to know, you know, let me know what site you set up, what's the domain, what problems you're having, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. And they would then just email back and say, okay, you know, I've got this problem. I've got a traffic problem. I've got a conversion problem. I don't know how to install analytics. And then I was talking to them one-on-one -on -one and saying, okay, this is what you've got to do. This is what you've got to look for. And I knew exactly what was converting and what wasn't converting. So I was giving them all that information, which was helping them. And then they were getting... Um, you know, they would go off to Facebook or they'd go off to Google AdWords and they'd start, you know, setting up their ads. And, yeah, I just, I just helped them set up a spreadsheet, monitor the conversions, make sure they're actually making money, and it just built up a lot of momentum with the affiliates. Did you do anything to increase conversion at your side of the fence? For, for example, the actual sales page for the ebook and the membership site? Yeah, I did a lot of split testing um, with the actual sales page. Uh, you can actually, if you look at the sales page now, it's uh, on the optimized press theme. And uh, we, uh, we, we tested with testimonials. Um, we tested, AB split tested the headlines and some of the copy, probably only the first two paragraphs. But we were getting such a great conversion because what was happening is I was saying to all these affiliates, don't waste your time direct linking to the sales page. We know it doesn't convert well because I can see that from my organic uh, conversions. You've got to get your um, traffic to opt-in. And I gave them a complete um, autoresponder sequence. I gave them all the messages for, I think, about two months. And... Um, so what was happening is they were building a list. They were sending the list uh, via the email messages back to the sales page, and I was monitoring that conversion and split testing the sales page. So they were putting those messages into their own autoresponder sequence. Yeah, okay. that's exactly right. So they were building their own assets, um, you know, their own list. And, and what I was also teaching them was not only to rely on our own sales page, and I think this is where it... it made the affiliate program really successful was because I wasn't saying, hey, you know, if I'm going to teach you stuff, you only promote my product. I was actually saying to them, you know, there is eBay. There's a whole, there's a huge amount of model train stuff on eBay and you can use the eBay um, partner network. And, you know, we were making $1,000 a month just um, for no work, just off eBay, just by a simple link and an email message saying, hey, go and look at these new, um, you know, these new products on eBay because what was happening is deceased estates and things like that, the family didn't know what to do with these huge model train sets. So they were just going to eBay and just throwing everything on there with no idea how valuable this stuff is. Mm. It's it's not a cheap hobby as far as my no. uh, understanding of it. Yeah, it's a very expensive hobby, in fact. And and you know, experts, you know, most of them have spent thirty thousand dollars and upwards just on on the basics of the hobby. So it's um it's an expensive hobby. Mm, which is great for affiliates. 
like yes. you said, eBay or whatever the case may be. Okay, yeah, so uh, it sounds like your blog didn't have as big a part of this picture as I thought it did. It really is an ebook business and, and an affiliate. You, you became a really good affiliate manager. Uh, yeah, the, the blog the blog's value was in the sale, um, and but we'll get to that. Well, take us forward, Ian. So okay. this is working. You, you make 80 grand one year, 90 grand the next year. What what year are we at when this is happening? Yeah, so 2010 made $82,030. 2011 made $97,762. This is ebook um, sales and membership site recurring this, bills, right? Yeah, this is uh, membership recurring is the, is the large uh, component there. Um, and then in 2012, I actually got, um, I, I realized that my passion was in helping these affiliates. That's, you know, and I'd, I'd completely forgotten to update the blog. So there was no new information there. And we were totally focused on the sales funnel, you know, getting the affiliates traffic into the autoresponder uh, through the sequence to the sales page, make the sale. And I was, I was just enjoying that, and I'd completely lost the... I don't think there really was any passion in model trains because, you know, I'm not a model railroad myself. I had one when I was 11, um, and, and that was it. But it was just an idea that, that worked out. So that, um, that, just to stop you on that point, you built an entire membership site and an ebook and a blog without actually having your own model train set at home. Correct. So... <laughs> Everything like this is a great point for anyone out there who thinks they actually need to know about the subject really in depth. You just researched and got photos from the train fair and from iStock Photo and yeah. just watched YouTube videos and, and read other people's ebooks and websites and, and just collected the best information. That's exactly right. Um, Fantastic. You know, there, there is so many people out there. Uh, when I started the forum, I, uh, there was a guy from the U.S. that actually joined, and he eventually became my moderator, and he was just an absolute gun at model railroading. And any question I had, I would just send him the question, and he would answer it and give me this hugely detailed um, information. And that's all you need is, is other people. And also what happens is, although we were, you know, the site was model trains for beginners, we were attracting a lot of expert model railroaders that were opting in, which I never could quite figure out why but they were coming in there and just so willing to help out so every time i mean i got blog, some blog posts on there have had close to a thousand comments because the beginners have gone in there made you know asked their question i haven't seen it quick enough and these other experts have gone in there and answered mm. and um you've you've you know they've got three or four different points of view and it was just fantastic so now you definitely don't need to know anything about the niche Okay, so 2012, you realized trains is not your passion. You actually like being the affiliate manager more. What, how did you change because of that? Um, just what I did was uh, I was actually masterminding um, with a group of guys, and uh, the guy in the, in, uh, in the UK had a, a guy that was doing all his video work that knew a broker over in the UK and said, why don't you list with this guy? And see what happens. And when you said uh, that he meant the entire business, like the affiliate yeah, program, the ebook. The whole lot. Yeah, okay. Absolutely everything. Um, so yeah, we just uh, spoke to the guy uh, on Skype, and he said, "Yeah, it might be a bit hard because model trains, you know, not many buyers out there. They, you know, they prefer the e-commerce and that sort of stuff. But we'll give it a go." And we listed and. Um, 
Yeah, I think initially we listed at 220,000 because we valued the business, um, you know, with everything in there at that sort of price. And I, I didn't want to sell too cheap. But as it, you know, we listed for three months and as we sort of got two months into the, um, the listing, I really wanted to get rid of it. I really wanted to just focus on uh, dealing with affiliates and helping them out. And I also knew that even if I sold this entire business, I could still go and promote this product as an affiliate and make the 70%. Because when I actually did the numbers, even though I was making 97,000, you know, in 2011, um, the affiliates were making, you know, I was make, only making 30%, they were making the 70%. So there was, there was affiliates out there making a lot of money from this very, very simple product. Kind of ironic, really. You, you <laughs> sell the yeah. business to become a, an affiliate of the business because it's more lucrative. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And, and, you know, that's where the cash flow is going to come from uh, every single month. So it, it was like the best case scenario, you know. And, and what happened is um, Thomas found a buyer in the U.S. that was prepared to pay 150000 cash. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a done deal. You know, there was there was actually no sell contract. There was nothing. It was you know we just escrow the money, hand me over the username, passwords, and deal was done. Now you didn't think you know one hundred fifty thousand. That's less than double what you'd made in a year. Did, didn't you not think that oh I could just run it for another year and a half and make that money? You know, and still own the business. Or what was your thinking? You just wanted a clean break. My thinking was I wanted to be the affiliate rather than the vendor. And, uh, but you didn't have to sell the business to do that, did you? You could have just started promoting instead of, you know... Yeah, I, I'm a bit of a perfectionist, and I, it was bugging me that I wasn't updating the blog, and I wasn't... I wasn't okay. There was... By then, there was a Facebook page with 6,000-odd fans. And so there you was wanted other... to see the business do things that you weren't prepared yes. to do, so you prefer to sell it. And then yeah. do the part of the business that you liked as an affiliate. Yeah, and gotcha. and obviously what's happened is you know I've I've promoted my own website through the model trains for beginners affiliate program. So a lot of those affiliates had opted into my list. So I still had dealings with them, and the cash flow would continue because you know I would still promote the program. I would then make the seventy percent commission. So my cash flow essentially will just continue. But I would have got that cash up front, and that's just helped me. I mean, I can buy an enormous amount of traffic with that. Mm. Um, and they will then now build the business bigger and better because what's happened is um, there's model trains for beginners and there's really no other competitor. And we've been hoping competitors would come on board because then we can partner and we can do things because there's a big gap between the actual manufacturers of the model train stuff who are absolutely huge and then model trains for beginners which is fairly small in comparison mm. so you know there's a massive amount of growth but you know I, I didn't have the resources to grow that and I tried outsourcing we tried doing things but it didn't really work because I think model trains is fairly technical and even though I was telling outsourcers, okay, you just need to speak to this expert and they will give you the information, it was, it was getting relayed incorrectly and it just wasn't working. So I figured, right, let me get rid of this. Let me sell this portion of the business. I will then go out and promote it and it will allow me to continue with the promotion of that. So I'll still get the income from the membership, 
but I can also deal with the affiliates, which is where I'm more passionate about. So when you say deal with the affiliates, if you'd sold the business, how are you still the affiliate manager? I, I'm not the affiliate manager, but what happened was when I, when I was running the affiliate side, I had links to my own website, whereas, which was my diary um, of what I was doing with other websites. And um, so a lot of them were coming, like I had a resource page on my own website, and so to get access to that, they actually had to go to my website and opt in again. So even though they were affiliates on the model train site, they were coming across to my site and they were opting in there as well. So, you know, a couple of hundred of them had floated across and known me on a more personal basis. So, so yeah. you were going to work with them to promote other products? We just work with them in coaching. What I'm doing is I'm, I'm being like the accountability i call myself oh, okay. like for a fee sort of thing yeah yeah yeah, right. yeah that's right gotcha so you become a consultant yeah okay yeah. well that, that leads me into probably the last question or maybe second last question i've got for you Ian. you know what's what's a day in the life like for you now what do you you sit at home and do all this or yes yeah i, I we've got a four-bedroom house in the back bedroom is is my office um and uh that's I, my wife is a personal trainer. I love to do exercise, always have my whole life. So basically get up 7 o'clock. Um, I like to do an hour's worth of exercise and um, usually take the kids to school or whatever needs to be done. And then, um, you know, uh, do my promotions. Um, you know, uh, it, it, it was a bit strange when I sold the business because I went from being fairly busy to having nothing. Um, which was a, a bit of a, a shock, but now it's built up again because it's been uh, four weeks now since we sold. How uh, long? Four weeks. Oh, wow. So you only sold it a month ago. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, In fact, so... I just got the last payment last week because with ClickBank, the payments, there's uh, 82 days worth of payments that they withhold um, in case of refunds and yep. things. And I just got the payment uh, last week, Thursday. So, yeah, it was really quick. Fantastic. So I really caught you and this is all fresh. So, yeah, you, you're, you're pretty much living now, I guess, an established internet marketer lifestyle. You, you had your success story. You, you've made some good money from that. You've built up a lot of contacts and you've got people who, who will are willing to pay you money to get help. Um, so I guess it's a case of doing that and also figuring out, you know, what's next. So yeah. is there a what's next? I know you have a website now you, that we can point people to if they're interested in getting in touch with you, which is? Inmyhomeoffice.com. All right. So that's inmyhomeoffice.com. Yeah, that's the one. Okay. And is it just a case of, you know, continuing to, I guess, help people to make uh, money online and uh, in particular with affiliate marketing? Yeah, what what I'm doing is um, I'm actually my wife's a personal trainer, um, and I'm I want to be a personal trainer with for internet marketers. What I noticed with my travels is that with procrastination and getting over the hump, there's a lot of people out there that um, have a little bit of fear and a little bit of need a little bit of handholding and need a bit of accountability, and that's what I'm offering is just um, you know let's talk, let's talk about your idea, let's talk where. You know how big this thing can grow. Where can we go with this? Um, and you know, get on a weekly call, for instance, and say, "Okay, have you got this done? If not, why not?" Um, because there's there's just so many shortcuts. When I look back at model trains for beginners, and I look at the amount of work I put in, 
and uh, what actually made the cell go through, I could have whittled that down into probably 10 or 15% of the actual work and got the same result than what I did. So there was a lot of effort and energy that was wasted. And, you know, I just feel that, um, you know, I'd love to help people, you know, get, you know, get the sort of same end result. Okay, well, fantastic, Ian. Uh, I think that's pretty much told the story from, from start to finish. So thank you for, for sharing all the details and, and how you pity, did it. Yeah. Um, very inspiring, for sure, to go from Zimbabwe and, you know, having a business based on fear to model trains and selling it and now, you know, doing what you like, uh, living on the western side of Australia. So um, thank you for that. I'll just I'll wrap this up. Any last sort of comments you want to pass on to anyone listening? Uh, yeah, I really appreciate this. It's, uh, it's the first time I've ever been interviewed and it's been a huge amount of fun. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, I yeah, I, I can just um, say to everyone out there that, uh, you know, when I first started, I had a lot of doubts and I didn't think I could get there. And I know it's hard when you sort of, you know, hitting at the keyboard every single day because you don't really know what the end picture can be. But you just got to keep going. You just got to persevere because it's it's phenomenal. The light uh, is there, and uh, it's uh, it's a great business. It's a great career. Awesome. Thank you, Ian, for the inspiring words. And for anyone listening, if you'd like to uh, listen to some more interviews like this, uh, we have plenty of stories like Ian who have uh, had success online with all kinds of different businesses and different models. Uh, you can find the archives on my blog. Uh, you can go straight to entrepreneurs-journey.com or Google my name, Yarrow, Y-A-R-O, and just click the podcast tab and you'll find Ian's interview there as well as all the others. So thank you again, Ian. Thank you to all our listeners and I'll Thanks, catch you all on a future recording very soon. Bye-bye.